0: This is Kyle McCord, and you're listening to Austin, Felix, and Matt on the W Debate.
1: Welcome to the W Debate. All right, boys, are we ready to debate? Austin, you tweeted something, girl. You tweeted your running back 19. Explain yourself. Boy, that escalated quickly. I mean, that really got out of hand, fellas. You jumped up and.
0: That's Austin awesome, Mason. Who is going to be that guy? And for me, Bijan Robinson is still going to be that guy.
1: Back to the ground with Robinson, who spins and then tries to bounce it. A stiff arm, another one as he rides it, keeps his balance. They're going to say he stepped out, but I'm feeling sharp. I know you didn't think that we would get through this episode without mentioning the name. One, Zach F. Wilson. Screener draw. Oh, Wilson is going to uncork for the wow. end zone. And he drops it in beautifully. And it is his roommate, Dax Milne, on the touchdown.
2: That's Matt Rooney. Scott Jr. Obviously, I whacked Poetics him on the last episode, so I won't do that again here.
3: And this time it's Fields on the carry watch out! Justin Fields! Hello! Columbus, 51 yards!
1: Bruno, are you ready to go head to head with me?
2: I am. Gotta get no, my hours. popcorn out here. Hold on. on. Gotta continue. Oh, no, I got to, I got, to, I got Kyle McCord is going to end up winning the job. He's going to be rated higher. I'm. Well, I'm not nearly as passionate about what I'm
1: about to talk about. Oh. Our apologies for Curb Street, and the time will get me soon. And for that burning in Austin, Asia, I'm Felix Sharp. Good night, and good luck.
2: What's going on, everybody? It's Matt here. Uh, no real Debbie debate tonight. Instead, we are going to be bringing you guys the early signing day coverage. Uh, we did live uh, early morning uh, for early signing day with Alfred, Austin, and David. And then the recap show with Matt, big wide receiver guy, and myself. Uh, thank you guys so much for tuning in, uh, giving comments, likes, subscribes to the channel. We, we really appreciate all the love that you guys have given us over the past couple weeks uh, if you're listening to this and you haven't checked out the YouTube channel, please jump on there and just hit the subscribe button. Give us a like. We'd really appreciate it. We're trying to get to those 3,000 subs by the end of 2023, and we're getting closer and closer to that mark, and we're also getting closer and closer to 2020, the end of 2023. We appreciate all the love and support. And I'll just say from myself, as we reach, you know, the Christmas, as, as we reach Christmas and the end of the new year, again, I just want to thank all of you so much for the love and support you've given all of us here at Campus to Canton. It's because of you guys that we get to keep doing what we love, and that's talking college football. We, we really, truly appreciate all of your love and support. And I hope that you guys enjoy the content. So here is almost two full hours of early signing day coverage courtesy of Campus to Canton.
4: All right, everybody, we are live here from Campus to Canton HQ. It is early signing day. I've got founder Austin with us. I haven't really been on camera with Austin in who knows how long. David, uh, you know, the official stalwart here is joining us as well. Early morning for you, buddy, out in the Central Time. You haven't even had coffee yet, maybe.
3: I'm sipping on it right now. I'm wide awake and I'm I'm excited for this whole national setting day.
4: Yeah. I mean, it's going to be an interesting one. Um, you know, we already had, I think what we just got to do is there's not been a ton of uh, craziness today, but was it yesterday or the day before I'm getting my days mixed up? Dylan Raiola flipped officially from Georgia to Nebraska. I mean, this is, where would you guys rank this uh, Travis Hunter going to Jackson State or Dylan Raiola, the number one QB in the nation, stud going to Nebraska the day before signing day? Like, which is crazier? Honestly, I'm not sure.
0: I feel like the the Hunter one kind of came out of nowhere a little bit more, right? Like, they, he was considered like an FSU lock, whereas, you know, Rayola's kind of shopped around a little bit. He's been committed a few different places. He's got a family member on the staff. Like I feel like I feel like the Rayola one is not like that shocking to me, and I don't know if we're going to talk about this or not. But I think it's a. I don't think this where he ends up really impacts him at all from like a value perspective. So good for him going to Nebraska. Maybe that'll be a shot in the arm there for those guys.
4: David, what do you think? I mean, Austin's right. This one was a little more projected or predicted, but still, I mean, it is nuts I can't imagine the last time a prospect half as you know critical went to Nebraska
3: yeah I think given all his family ties in Nebraska it wasn't especially um surprising to me I think Hunter going to an HBCU you know team was just that was shocking I think it threw everyone off guard. I don't know if we'll get something like that today. I hope we do. I hope we get something fun like that. But lagway.
0: Lagway. Let's see a lagway. Yeah, maybe
3: I know USC is pushing really hard and Texas AM is pushing real hard for, for a Lagway,
4: but I don't know. I feel like he might sit I think I think he might sit put it at Florida. We'll see. And this is Dylan Rayola. I mean, I think everybody watching this probably is familiar with this player. Uh, but he is the number one quarterback in the nation. He's already got an NFL build, 6'2", 230. Um, incredibly strong arm, incredibly aggressive downfield, can make you know the cross-field corner of the end zone touch pass, um, and should be pretty good. Uh, I think it's worth noting here a little bit of what Austin said, and I'll roll a clip here of Raiola. I'm sure we've got one. Um, but Austin, uh, elaborate a little more on, you don't think it matters because this is ultimately a fantasy football show. I mean, we are in the business of college fantasy football, so you don't think it's going to affect his production at Nebraska and probably not his NFL potential. You kind of mentioned that. Can you elaborate a little?
0: Yeah, it's funny because I think a lot of years I'm talking about, you know, targeting these quarterbacks who obviously aren't going to play year one because there's not really a chance for them to lose value that first year. And actually the anticipation that builds up probably ends up boosting their value again for what we're doing. But from a development standpoint, you know, I just think getting quarterbacks reps is probably the most important thing. I, I don't know what you guys think on that. So I think just getting him to a place where, um, you know, he's he's going to enroll early I think the wide receiver room isn't amazing, but I would expect over the next year or so, if they can point and say we have this quarterback, they might be able to to, to bulk that room up a little bit. Uh, but I really just think getting him experience, getting him out there, it's not like he would have probably waited at least one year, if not two or more at Georgia. Um, so I, I think all those things are just you know good for his development. I think for quarterback, maybe landing spot, unless it's just a truly dreadful one is overrated so much by us. I mean, only one guy can play at a time. As long as they're that guy, I I think there's a a shot for him to develop just as we expect uh, that he could and should.
4: I think that's pretty fair. And I would tend to agree on, and I'm a big proponent of quarterback makes the weapons, not the other way around. I mean, in general, that's kind of what I think. Um, So I think that if he's really that good, if he's as good as people have been saying since he was a sophomore, um, he'll be good enough to make that offense hum. We haven't is, seen an offense like that at Nebraska, like, ever, ever. David,
0: ever? is he as good as people have been saying for years, do you think?
3: I hope so. I'm rooting for him. Um, I mean, his arm talent is crazy. I mean, I, I think that's the number one thing everyone points at. It's it it's it's pretty it's pretty gnarly. So definitely has that going for him. I do. I've always kind of had some questions. I feel like with his tape in general, just like I, we kind of discussed early in the process, that he he's a little heavy footed. He does take quite a few sacks. I know a lot of people have mentioned that it's tough to transition to a new school like that, and there wasn't much cohesiveness with their offensive line. They had a, like a young offensive line. It struggled quite a bit against really good Georgia competition. Um, I don't know. I, I feel like that a lot of that's probably on him though too. So I think I definitely take what you're saying. Like maybe flipping Nebraska is not so bad. I, I I don't know. Nebraska's offensive line is, is pretty questionable. Their pass cast Pass catchers are pretty questionable. Uh, offensive coordinator too, so it's it's. I think he's going to take some lumps for sure to begin. Probably take a lot of sacks, honestly. Hopefully, he doesn't lose his confidence and, and get injured and then all that stuff. So, but yeah, I get what you're saying. I I I, I think I lean towards more um, favoring guys that are actually going to play early and getting experience and stuff. Of course, sometimes it's valuable to sit as well. I, I'm a Packers fan so like I'm very aware of that. that <laughs>
4: That's Aaron hilarious, yeah. Rogers, Aaron
3: Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers, it worked for him like you know he sat a couple of years and then and and then Jordan loves that. What is it 3 3 years and now he's he's coming out and he's looks comfortable. He's he's getting better. Um so it, it it's it's worked for them. So I don't know, you could see it both ways but he's he's to get back to your question, like he's, he's obviously crazy talented. Um, he, he only threw one interception this season yeah. and uh, it, it hit the receiver like right in the hands. So, I mean, he's pretty accurate, crazy arm. So I'm definitely rooting for him.
4: And, you know, and, and we can uh, close the book on, on Raiola just because we got other people to talk about, but it, it, it's such a nutty story. I mean, transferred from Arizona high school to Buford in Georgia, like, 45 minutes away from Athens um, or maybe an hour or something like that. I mean, it just seems so locked up. He transferred into Georgia, the state of Georgia to play his senior year. Uh, and, and, I mean, this is just wild. It, we, I don't know if we've seen a quarterback do this. I feel like, you know, Luther Burden went to Missouri. We've seen some other – you know, Travis Hunter went to Jackson State. But I don't know if we've seen a quarterback. Uh, And so we'll see, can he, a a true program saver, I mean, a true program changer, can he do it at Nebraska? That will be, I mean, all eyes on Raiola for the next three years at least. Um, Let's turn our sights towards another late, late breaking-ish over the last week or so, a guy that impacts two or three players that we've talked about for um, almost this whole cycle, David, uh, on The Official, but that in, that involves um, James Peoples at Ohio State, uh, Kevin Riley hard commit to Miami, although Bama is after him, and then also uh, Jordan Lyle, who was committed to Ohio State, so that's why it impact James Peoples a little bit. He flips to Miami. He has already signed today officially, so we can talk about I think these dominoes here in the running back rooms at these places, um, and and we've talked about all these guys a little in different ways. So I'd like to get Austin's thought right away. Um, uh, so um, if I get this right, I think Peoples is signed today. So he's definitely going to Ohio State. And then we have Lyle is signed with Miami. And then we have Kevin Riley, who is not signed, hard commit still. And apparently Bama has been knocking down the door. So what do you think? This is kind of a, a big triangle of running backs that we thought were going to crowd the Ohio State room or Miami. And now they're all probably go to a different place.
0: Yeah, really good for us. Um, you know, just, you know, if you're trying to draft guys in in, you know, long-standing formats that you, you don't want them going to to super crowded rooms. I have them all pretty close in my rankings. James Peoples is my RB3 in the class. Um, I have um let's see Riley at 11 and then Lyle I actually had a lot lower. He was listed at what, like 180, 185 going He's into his smaller. Year. Yeah. He's listed at 202 now. I don't believe it. But I would say he's probably 190 to 195, which I think is a pretty, you know, that's a it's a better number than I expected for him coming into school. And watching his senior tape, he he looks. I thought he looked improved. I think he was one of the more improved backs in the class. I think he was like my RB 21 or something before I went back and rewatched him, bumped him up now. Like I said, to my RB 12. I think Miami is a great spot for him. Uh, they don't have a lot there that's super talented, and we don't know what's going on with guys like Travante Citizen. So could be a guy that kind of gets on the field maybe as like a, a a lightning to to mark fletcher's thunder or something like that they could be a nice backfield duo there over the next couple of years uh but i think all these guys go into good spots i i think people's you know depending on how that backfield shakes out probably plays a little bit as a freshman and riley always real hesitant with some of these running backs but not sure that he's like a true bama quality back so we'll see what ends up happening with him in Alabama and how he has to wait if he even ends up playing there that's just the nature of Alabama's running back room
4: yeah um and he's from Tuscaloosa right so it was always a little bit weird from Tuscaloosa not you know not really with Bama not really sniffing around now obviously it seems like that may have changed but don't really know what to make of that if he was like a late like "Ah, I guess we'll just take him kind of
0: well ba- bama was pretty desperately searching for a running back late they were also in on uh kwan lacy there at the end they did not get him he ended up at uh missouri so yeah. i think they were really trying to add a back this class and it seems like riley was kind of i don't want to yeah. say like you know like i don't uh, want an say afterthought <laughs> but um you know definitely kind of like a,
4: let's just get a guy and this guy lives down the street kind of deal could be um all right david jo- uh jordan lyle's a guy uh, you. You mentioned him kind of, I think, first to me on the official, one of the first guys I heard you talk about um, that I hadn't already had an opinion on. I end up really liking him. And if he gets to 200, 205, I think it's wheels up. Very interesting prospect. We both like guys out of Aquinas. We've mentioned that before. What are your thoughts on how this shakes out among all three running back rooms?
3: Yeah, I'm just happy to see them starting to spread out a little bit. It's just it's just a little annoying when a lot of talented guys go to the same school. But I think, yeah, I mean, Jordan Lyle. So he was verified at 185 prior to his junior season. Um, so that was the last time we got a verified listing on him. I I've spent an unhealthy amount of time just studying body types and trying trying to project exactly how how much they do weigh. And I was already thinking he was already at one ninety 190, around one ninety-five. He definitely looks more filled out as a senior. Um he's added weight for sure. Which isn't really surprising at Aquinas. They have like a pretty serious like weightlifting regimen there. Um so he's he, he isn't completely maxed out or anything like that, but like he's not he's pretty close to maxed out, I feel like. I saw that Hayes Fawcett. Graphic of him being two hundred two. I don't know if that's like him just straight up asking him, like, how much do you weigh? I'm gonna put this on the graphic. So he, maybe he is. Uh, I would probably lean towards a little, like, just below two hundred, probably. Regardless, um, you know, he does have good contact, contact balance. That's something that I saw on his senior tape. Um, he really he's not afraid to lower the shoulder and stuff like that. So he has some density to him. Um, but the the only issue really is just, like, I feel myself, like, I don't see any, like, amazing runners, really, like, pure runners in this class. So it's, like, I've more been gravitating towards, like, the high-level pass catchers a little bit. It's just pretty important for fantasy. And Matt's production model really favors guys that catch passes, and he, that's just not really part of his game. It's just, like, he's just kind of one of these guys that's, like, He can catch screen passes and dump offs and stuff. But aside from that, he doesn't really add much to it. So I like him, don't love him. I think he's, I mean, I have all these guys in tier three. I'm just kind of studying a little more and maybe I'll push them guys a little higher into tier two and stuff.
4: All right. Fair enough. Um, I think we got to talk about uh, a flip that happened today, Jeremiah McClellan. Uh, who decommitted from Ohio State. He's ranked as a top 20 wide receiver, actually top 15 on the composite wide receiver, 13 in the class. Um, And uh, going from, you know, the Ohio State factory to Oregon, which is really interesting. uh, You know, Troy Franklin will be gone and they will need someone to step up uh, short and long-term in that wide receiver room. So Austin, what do you think of McClellan? and, And, you know, we we do like with the running backs we like to see people you know not go to Ohio state just cuz that is a huge issue with your 10 potential yeah
0: we how we grade the wide receivers it does for a very small part of the grade take into account you know the school they went to you know how how prestigious how known are they for developing talent at that position and then also the depth chart there and so just adjusting those numbers up from the like basically zero that i had to give them a depth chart to almost like the the full grade at Oregon, because I think Oregon, you know, they lose if they they're losing Troy Franklin. And I haven't heard about Tez Johnson yet, but I'm assuming he's gone as well. What's behind them? It, it's 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 bare behind them. I have a hard time believing that that he can't get on the field a little bit. And we're watching some of these clips here. He's a pretty dangerous guy with the ball in his hands after the catch. I think he's the kind of guy that you know can can you can manufacture some stuff for him but he also can get open himself. Um, They've got Dylan Gabriel coming in there. So I don't expect really much different quarterback play than they had last year. So I'm, I love this for him. Um, And and like I said, I just uh, going in and adjusting that grade jumped him from like my wide receiver, like 18 to wide receiver 12. And I think that's about where he should be kind of behind like those obvious eight, 10 guys that you guys have talked about. Uh, all off season but he he's right there uh after that grouping i, I expect a pretty solid career for him at oregon there
4: david yeah any thoughts i would say that he is right there with me as well like wide right receiver 12 ish um a- as well um and i agree with the depth chart there there's i mean jury and dickey everyone still wants him to be a thing um you never know. I think his NFL prospects take a hit with him. Um, you know, looking straight down the barrel of the year one zero, depending on the bowl game. Uh, I don't. I don't even know if he got on the field like at all this year. Did he even record a stat, David?
3: Uh, he didn't record a stat. I don't think I, he ran. I think maybe like ten or so routes. Um, so yeah, which is so that, very concerning because yeah. they they won every game by about a thousand in the. You know, so I don't know. It's bad. very
4: concerning. You never know what will happen in the, you know, the bowl game. He could go, you know, eight for 120 and two touchdowns. We've seen it before with, uh, I think Marvin Harrison basically did that. So, um, but McClellan, yeah, I have him as a, you know, I gave, I think I gave him a five yards after catch. He's very, very dangerous with the ball in his hands. David, can he make a, make an impact day one at Oregon? I don't even know who their QB is going to be.
0: Dylan.
4: Gabriel. It'll be Gabriel. Oh, uh, I guess that's right. That's right. It's like right. you he didn't even just... listen
0: when I was talking earlier, Alfred. Come yeah, <laughs> I
3: think Austin, Austin pretty much nailed him. Austin Austin. Okay, yeah, yeah. I have him I have him where you guys have him. I think he's about wide receiver 12 for me. Um, top of two or three type guy. Yeah. Solid, super solid player. I don't really have anything too bad to say about him. You know, he's he's a good solid player. And then, yeah, like the depth chart is pretty open. So I, I expect him to get on the field.
4: All right, well, I'm gonna take this moment to my best Felix impression and say, please, if you're watching this, uh, drop a like and also go ahead and comment. If you disagree with anything we say, you like what we're saying, you should definitely do that. We want interaction um, as much as we can. And then also, if you're watching this on YouTube, subscribe to our channel. There's all sorts of videos we're putting out every single week, including the show you can watch Dave and I on every single week called The Official, where we will break down the recruiting news and notes, rankings, all that jazz, um, really year round. And we're, we'll be wrapping up the 2024 class kind of after this signing day, we'll do a little bit in January and then transition to looking forward to 2025 as early as, don't quote me on this, but as early as, you know, maybe March or something like that. So, um, you know, we, we do it a year round and then we'll, we'll start that whole thing. So uh, not to mention all the other great C2C shows. Uh, and content that are put on this channel every single week. Um, so get us to 3,000. I think we're pretty close, if not there already. Um, all right, so we have some guys that signed, uh, you know, that we don't really have to worry about a flip, although there wasn't really a ton of rumors at the high end for for some of these flips. So, you know, Micah Hudson, our good friend Matt Powell's number one player he's ever graded, I'm pretty sure. Um, or at least maybe number one receiver, but I think it might be number one player. Uh, Going to Texas Tech. Now, is this going to be a Luther Burden situation, Austin? You've got an elite player. We all agree. We love this guy. Uh, But going to... a B-level P5 program. I mean, Texas Tech is almost, you know, maybe Missouri caliber, maybe not even Missouri caliber. Yeah, I'd say
0: prestige. they're they're closer to a C. Yeah, and so yeah. If, if we're calling Missouri a B, yeah, they're, they're probably a C. Yeah, Missouri fans. And we know watching. they've
4: had a stud receiver in the past. Michael Crabtree, I believe, got drafted in the first round out of Texas Tech. Wes Welker went to Texas Tech, but he was undrafted and a little bit of a different type of receiver than, you know, your, your true wide receiver one. Uh, made it work in the path system for NFL. But historically, not a lot coming out of Texas Tech. And what do we think about this? Um, does it matter in the same way that it didn't matter for Rayola and how you think about him?
0: I think the concerns about, you know, can this school develop a player offset a little for me in these kinds of situations because there is an obvious incentive for them to have him on the field basically immediately. Yeah. If you're Texas Tech and you are trying, you know, I don't think Missouri has a lot of NIL and they've started kind of snowballing the Luther Burden thing into some other stuff. They are. They I don't really are. I don't think Texas Tech can do that. But I do think if they can get a guy like Hudson on the on the team, get him on campus and then get him on the field immediately and have him produce, being in Texas there, I do think that could probably make them a little more attractive than some of these other guys that that would maybe consider them. So I do think that, you know, even if there's concerns about what is Texas Tech next year and beyond, I think just getting him on the field kind of like Rayola, getting him in a situation where he's getting reps, he's getting playing time. And, you know, like athletically, like look at look at you know some of the, the data here. I mean, six foot 195, he's already got a college frame. His athletic profile, you know, over over 80th percentile uh, at the metrics that we're looking at there. So he's ready to get on the field physically as well. I expect him this year 50-ish catches as a freshman, I think would be the ballpark that I honestly expect. And that probably sounds a little gaudy because he's a freshman but just they've lost jaron bradley they've lost miles price they've lost nehemiah martinez that whole room is emptied out i just i this is setting up for a smash spot for hudson year two year three kind of like you said we're seeing with luther Burton right now
4: i think that's totally fair i mean he should be the number one playmaker on that team um another guy who went to more of historically classically good school not good right now florida was Eugene Wilson, and he was immediately the best player on that team. I mean, the best playmaker. The coaches realized it. they were force-feeding him the ball, um, at least on the scripted early drives, and then when the actual play calling had to become, uh, you know, adjustments, we forgot to that he was on the field a lot in the second half of games. But he was being force-fed the ball. I think, Michael Hudson, that's what you're going to see. I mean, he, I think he's the best player on the field for Texas Tech right away. Uh, I talks Brooks, Tosh, I think Tosh Tosh Brooks is coming there. back, totally different type of player. I mean, more of a grinder at running back, but you know, Hudson's going to be an immediate home run threat right away. David, um, I may have just stolen your thunder, but I mean, is that the same thing that you think of? Like, is he the best player on, on Texas or the most, maybe dynamic player on Texas tech right away?
3: Yeah, I think pretty easily most dynamic guy. Like you had mentioned. Yeah. I think, Luther Burton honestly is I could see that similar usage as a as a freshman, like you're talking. Like he can kind of do a little bit of everything. Could even get some carries, possibly. Like Burton had 45 catches as a freshman. Like I could easily see that output. I think he's gonna yeah, check a bunch was,
4: zero, one zero boxes. Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah, Burton was 45 receptions, but the you know big thing was 18 rushing attempts, two rushing touchdowns. He scored like I think every possible way. Um, And yeah, I agree. I think you could see kind of that same setup for Micah Hudson. Um, All right. So then we have Mike Matthews who has been a polarizing figure for us all year long. He is sticking. I don't think there was ever any any kind of concern, but he's sticking with Tennessee. Um, Where did you land on him, Austin? I know that we I mean, I feel like he went like roller coaster way up, way down for us all year.
0: Yeah, I've had him pretty consistently. He's my wide receiver 17. He's my very last guy at like the bottom of um, like kind of, I guess we split tier two into two separate tiers. And now like the bottom half is tier three. So he's at the very bottom of my tier three, essentially. He is very comparable to um, Squirrel White, I think, honestly, from a playstyle perspective. And which is cool. And I think, you know, from a CFF perspective, I can definitely see him, them them using him that way. But like, So the reason why we didn't really love Squirrel White is like a Debbie guy, even though we wrote him up for our freshman guide and said like, we could probably be pretty good at Tennessee. And I see a lot of the same issues with Matthews. Like he's kind of, you know, he's not that big. He's a little bit bigger, but not that big skinny guy, kind of stiff, but really fast. Like he's got that Trump card that you have to respect a little bit as you're kind of watching him and say like, this could really, really work out. So I think, him sitting for a year and then probably trying to take that squirrel white rule feels like the most likely scenario. Um, but I do think there's still like he's really I don't think he's very good as a route runner at all. Like there there's a lot of rawness there. But again, Tennessee kind of masks some of those things. So like this this is a really good landing spot for him. If he'd gone anywhere else, I probably would have dropped him a little bit. But Tennessee kind of a the match made in heaven there for him, I think.
4: Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think I pretty much agree with all that. And, uh, you know, the scheme fit is a big thing. Uh, I'll flip over this other guy who's who's already signed. Uh, he must have signed super early because he's out in California. I mean, it's only 930 now. And then he signed maybe before school. Um, started from Nate Frazier, David. Another guy that's been kind of polarizing for us all year. Going to UGA. Um, they, I feel like they send a lot of smaller, fast guys. I don't know if they're, they're trying to elevate the overall speed of their offense. Um, but, uh, Dwight Phillips, I think is another one, very small, but just like lightning quick guy. What do you think about Frazier and where did you land on him? I mean, we've talked all year about his production this year, very concerning out in California.
3: Yeah, he was really high. I was high on him coming into the senior season. I kind of thought that he would get more run, um, but like he's split with this really small running back, Asia Bryant. He's not really being recruited too heavily. Who actually got first team All Trinity League, I think, over Frazier and over Davison, which is just like not great. I feel like, it's um, yeah,
4: it's very odd coming out of that. Yeah,
3: so like he wasn't, he didn't get much run. He only got like what seventy carries this year, something like that. He was at like six or seven yards a clip, not overly efficient. Uh, So from a production standpoint, like it's, it's real, real bad. Um, Definitely pretty red flaggy there, but there's definitely, I mean, if you're a tape purist and you don't get caught up in production and you're, you're real good with that, like there's definitely stuff to like, like his running style kind of reminded me of Isaiah Pacheco the way he runs. He's got these little typewriter feet, really super aggressive runner. Um, but it's just like Georgia, man, it's got so many bodies all the time. And it's just I don't know. Just like college production just seems kinda not great. And then I don't know. And then to go from there, it just seems his NFL projection just seems a little scary to me right now.
4: Yeah, I definitely can't argue with that. Um, and I agree, like I really like the tape, but everything else literally everything else is concerning, um, including the depth charts. Uh, but At the same time, UGA, you know, they know what they're doing uh, at the running back position. So, you know, they still offered, they still gave him a scholarship way out in California and brought him in. And so, you know, maybe the staff at wherever he's at, I forget, as a matter of day, is uh, misusing him or something like that. So, all right. Um, One guy who was going to sign during the show. That's Jeremiah Smith. Number one overall prospect. Number one wide receiver. Some say a generational talent at the position. Um, Looks like he was supposed to sign at 1220. Austin, do we have any breaking news there? Is, is anything official? Because there's been a lot of smoke, but he's been saying all the right things about Ohio State.
0: Yeah, it's, uh Hayes Fawcett tweeted about 2 minutes ago that he he has announced that he will be signing with Ohio State. So we can we can wrap that up. Uh, Ohio State fans, it's not been a great day or a week for you guys, but you uh you can rest easily on this one. Um I think, you know, I think pretty much every year 24/7 or rivals or or ESPN or whoever has a Julio Jones comp to a guy coming out, you know, the guy that's 6'3, 190 or whatever and uh, a really good athlete, but I do think Smith does compare pretty favorably, you know, in that category compared to some of the guys that they've used that tag on in the past few years. You know, guys like Hakeem Williams, guys like uh, Julian Fleming, because Smith, unlike a lot of these kind of bigger, uber athletic wide receivers, actually knows how to play football already. And I think that's, you know, with the advent of seven v seven and you know just the professionalization of amateur football um you should know how to play football by the time you get to, to college already or else you're kind of in some trouble so um you know almost 22 miles per hour we have him clocked at almost a 90th percentile athleticism score very refined dominated uh you know in high school um I, I just you know going to ohio state which you know is unusually thin at the position uh definitely a slam dunk guy and i think in most classes would be the wide receiver one and quite frankly i will say I think with the way our grading system is set up probably favors a guy like Hudson a little more. Like if we had maybe some slightly different allocations as to how we weighted things, I could very well see Smith having ended up as my wide receiver one. I think him and Hudson are are just both very, very strong players. Um, And I think, you know, I'm happy if I, if I can, I want one of those two guys uh, in pretty much all of my leagues this year.
4: David, uh, Austin mentioned some attrition at wide receiver for Ohio State. I think, uh, you know, I I guess Egbuka has not announced. Uh, Harrison's almost, I mean, he's gone. Uh, Egbuka, I think, is on the fence. Carnell Tate made some moves this year and probably slides into a starting role next year, you would think. Ennis is still around. So thin, but not like walk-in day one thin, like Texas Tech. So, um, where do you land on Smith? I think we all ended up elevating him. I know I was low early and I have corrected that. So, um, you know, Julio Jones, what do you think? Sure. Sure. <laughs>
3: um, no, I, I like him a lot. Like we were too, we were probably too slow on him. A lot of that had to do with like the data that we, that we had at the time, like our max mile per hour was like 20.6 or something like that. It wasn't overly impressive. Um, but that's been corrected since then, and um, he's definitely pretty freaky um, and refined, and and all that stuff. So he, yeah, I would say him and Micah are the safest prospects overall in the class. Those are like the top two guys I'd want to draft. Um, but yeah, I think he'll come in and just produce right away, and he'll just be a really good Ohio State receiver and be a stud in the NFL. Pretty pretty simple.
4: <laughs> pretty simple. This is not a hard game. I mean, this is so easy. I was actually talking with some friends the other day. Um, the last time a wide receiver was the number one overall prospect was Doriel Green Beckham? Does that sound... Can you remember another one? If you told me that that was the trivia
0: answer, I'd be like, sure, why not? Um, I mean, I can't remember,
4: but I just know that wide receiver is not usually – I mean, usually it's a quarterback or a lineman of some sort, uh, D-line or O-line. So um, really special player to be ranked as a wide receiver. I was True. Uh, I that's, guess yeah. That's I the mean, only one I can think, think, think he of. projected mostly as a corner. But yeah, I mean, technically played. I mean, he was he's obviously been very good as a receiver. He was pretty sick as a receiver this year for Colorado, like as a full time receiver. So that's a good point, and that's more recent than Doro Green Beckham. But uh, it's it is rare, generally speaking, and so you know, pretty special player to be not only the number one receiver but the number one overall player. Um, so. All right. So that's locked and loaded. We got him signed. No surprises, although I don't know. Maybe it was the recruiting industry that like made all that smoke because he said that he was saying all the right stuff all along. I don't I don't think he was saying he was going to flip. Would you
0: see the, the quotes from him and his family yesterday that came out that were saying that basically all the Florida schools were trying to people throw are throwing all sorts and, of money
4: at him. But he said he doesn't want yeah. it, or, you know, that's not why he's going to make his decision. So good on him. What
0: what do you guys think the monetary difference is between what he's going to make at Ohio State and what a school like Miami would have offered him? More than a million dollars? I can't picture it being more than that. And at that point, don't you have to consider future? Like, what has Miami done in the past decade that would make me feel good <laughs> if I'm like an elite prospect? I I think he gets it, and I think his family gets it. And honestly, those quotes almost just made me want to go in and fudge the numbers and bump him like up way <laughs> higher because something that, that really matters sometimes in terms of like, does this kid get it? And it sounds like his kid gets
4: it i would agree with you and i don't want to be all boomery and i'm all for paying the players uh i'm i'm for straight up paying the players i mean i think this is amateur sport like it's not amateur sports anymore i mean this is a developmental league for the nfl blah 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 all that stuff i have no problem with the money and wanting the money i i think that there's a little red flag when it's very clear that's really the only reason you're making a certain decision um and I still am like, get the bag if you want it. I do I do think it says a little something about priorities and you know, how you – know, I just think there's a grind when you get into the next level. And if your number one goal isn't being the best receiver in the country, your number one goal is getting in the bag, I don't know. I think it's a little bit of a red flag. So I agree. Under-
0: He's- and it's understandable for the wide receiver 30 in the class. I think it's a less understandable for the wide receiver one, you know, like I think there is an expectation there that if things go to plan, you should be hitting the NFL after three or four years. And yeah, again,
4: like you said, what's the real difference? I mean, Ohio state knows they're going to have, they got to pay to play. Ohio state isn't being like, Oh, come here for free. And you're going to, you know, get the chicken to the NFL. Like I'm sure Ohio state's offering plenty. Um, You know, I, I just don't know what the difference is sometimes with, with these, I think no, nobody really knows there's all sorts of rumors about X million of dollars. I don't know, but I think it's marginal. Um, and I think some programs are w- more willing to pay the freshmen versus uh, some seem to want to play more of like the um, actual veterans.
0: Yeah, for sure. For sure. David over under 40 catches for uh for Jeremiah Smith this year.
3: Well, it's interesting to see what the quarterback situation is going to be. I'll will say uh, I'll say over for him.
5: Over.
3: He, he's, he's, he's a stud, honestly. Um, I think he's wired pretty similarly to Tate too. Like he t- he's just he's just very. I actually have a note in the player journals here about him having like a super professional mindset. They talk about how his pregame warm-up is just – he has the same routine every time. He has like a long stretching session, puts his headphones on, locks in. Just a very focused individual. Same thing with Carnell you, That's something I kind of overlooked. These are little tidbits I'm, I'm kind of this, learning. You do
4: not get this at any other recruiting show, and that is why David's one of the best around.
3: Hey, context matters. So I'm just trying to learn everything I can about these guys, and so that's kind of like the big separator for him. I think is his mindset for sure.
0: Yeah, yeah. I um I actually had not looked at I haven't looked at his notes because he's just been like a guy that I'm like yeah okay we're we're there. Yeah. Um. Uh, Some Matt is in the comments. He said, "Does that opinion change if Higmetka Buka comes back?" And I'd be interested to see how that would rearrange kind of the wide receiver alignment you know, if they have Buka, you know, where, where does Tate play, um, you know, is in on the field? Would that change calculus at all for you?
3: Yeah, I think it it would be hard to go over 40. I feel like in in that, in that scenario, Uh, just because Egbuka is really, really good. So, and I think he was, I don't know what you think. It sounded like he was pretty injured all year, you know, and he just wasn't quite right. So maybe, maybe he does decide to come back and, boost his stock even higher and potentially be off the top of my head. I can't think of next year's class, but he could potentially be a water, in that mix for wide receiver one next year maybe. So that's possible.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I could definitely see that. And honestly, it, and that, this is the recruiting show. We don't need to talk about this. It might be better if like, Buka comes back for him with, like you said, how, how much time he missed this year and how he just was never uh, really healthy.
4: All right, guys, I'm back. Sorry about that. Um, <clears throat> so, obviously, Smith's huge name. Ryola, huge name. We've kind of knocked out those guys. Um, on, on the running back side of things, I think it, I haven't seen a whole lot. Jared Gibson signed. Uh, he'll slide in as, as another guy in that backfield, although I think now we're going to see Baxter. I would imagine Brooks comes back again after his injury. I'm not sure. if I think he any.
0: leaves. I think he leaves. an ACL
4: not True. like not I mean, that big of a just, deal
0: anymore you know I I, I don't yeah. know I don't know
4: so uh, I would imagine Gibson is either the two but if Brooks comes back he'd be the three and you got blue still hanging around uh we're just getting word Tatum officially signed with uh o- Oklahoma I like that landing spot myself I like the player I like the landing spot as well we're getting um Wingo to Texas as well that's expected. Um, I guess there was a little bit of maybe he, where was he going to maybe go? I don't even know, but uh, it looks like he's hanging around with, with Texas. Um, any other thoughts on some of these guys? We can kind of just popcorn this at the moment. Jaden ball, who is kind of one of the last higher end running backs that doesn't uh, have a specified place to be right now. Um, Rumors about Florida, rumors about Alabama, although maybe it was like Bama's deciding between Riley and Ball. I'm not sure. I guess the latest says Ball to Florida. Austin, depth chart seems open with ETN gone. So what do you think about Ball as a player? And then I would imagine he slides right in as the RB2 at Florida come next year.
0: Yeah, it could be really interesting for him. You know, I think we've traditionally liked Billy Napier running backs with the caveat now being how much longer is Billy Napier there. <coughs> not sure that necessarily always matters for running back production. I think, you know, a running back is kind of a running back uh, overall, especially with a guy like him um, who is, you know, a bigger – and not, you know, a scat back that you kind of have to to worry ha- at what his usage would be. So an um, interesting thought for him. Um, I don't have that many strong thoughts on Florida's class outside of Lagway. It's, it's a lot of guys I'm not sure. I really like them that much but it is what it is
4: all right well let's talk lagway here for a minute um I, I guess i was gonna ask this question earlier david is he gonna be what qb1 by the time we finish all this now with uh Ryola going to nebraska we've said we don't think it matters that much about him going to nebraska but is it enough to just go say you know what lagway just number one with the tools the dual threat um i don't know if he's gonna stay at florida i mean he may sign today but 2025
3: who knows he i'm very indecisive in 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 general in in my personal life and, and with these recruits i i think like he's right there with real like he's right there with real i have i haven't decided i have both of them at the top of tier two i could not even convince these guys who I'm putting them in tier one at this point because i just have I don't know if you want to just say like yeah his tools are are sweet like he has some of the better tools so it's just I I have some questions with this game in general still um it's like he he turns like every every throw into off platform somehow um there's just like never like a routine throw yeah it's a little strange but like if you just want to say like I, I don't fault anyone for being like, yeah, his tools are sweet, and I'll put him in tier one, he'll be my QB one. I I can see the argument for that.
4: Yeah, I mean, no, no, uh no argument there. I think he might end up being my one. And I don't even care that much about Florida because I'm not sure he's gonna stay at UF. I mean, I think it's gonna be an an entire just debacle. Um and so I'm not sure, like it's going to be a full clean house, I think. So I think a lot of this class, whoever does end up hanging around in Florida may not hang around after 2024. Um, And so wherever he goes, we're betting on the tools anyway. Uh, But really interesting, top two QBs now going to be Nebraska and probably Florida, neither of which have, uh, you know, an enviable offense right now um well the nice thing about Lagway
0: is that he doesn't necessarily need an enviable offense right hypothetically speaking especially from like a fantasy perspective because of how mobile he is and you know the statistically what he did this year rushing the ball and i do think it also helps that this is a class that i don't think really has a lot of
4: guys like that
0: i mean doesn't have a lot of quarterbacks at all as you guys have talked about there's there's maybe five or six we really like so um could be interesting there
4: all right. Well, there was. We were hoping to have a special guest on here this hour, and we just had a guy pop in our uh, lineup here. I'm going to throw a graphic up here. Walker White is going to be joining us, friend of the show on the official. Um, and he had. I don't actually. I'm not sure if he's actually already signed today or not. We'll get that message from him here in a minute. Six three two twenty five QB. Um, you know, we all like the tools. We all think he's got a pretty bright future at Auburn. I'm going to bring him in right now to say hi on National Signing Day. What's up? Walker. Oh, yeah. You got your Auburn shirt on. You're ready to go. Yes, sir. Very
3: Love nice.
4: It. Very nice. All right, bro. So uh, thanks for joining us here today. Um, obviously, we're all big fans. You've been a friend of our show for over a year now. Um have you officially put pen to paper yet today or is that going to happen like after lunch?
5: Yes. No, I I, uh, I signed here at 9 a.m. this morning. So it's all it's all done. Papers are in and I'm an Auburn Tiger. Congratulations, man. That's awesome.
4: Um, I'm just going to throw something to you here. You know, we uh, at the official we've been following this class all along. Uh, I've, I've texted you on the side a little bit, too. You've got kind of a foundational looking offensive class here at Auburn. Um, Can you tell us a little bit about your thoughts on Cam Coleman and um, Perry uh, as well, you know, and, and, and what you think about them? I mean, from our perspective, two five-star receivers in the same class, Ohio state didn't do that this year. Uh, No other team signed two guys ranked so high. So, you know, what are you looking forward to there? That's gotta be so exciting for you.
5: Yeah. I mean, it's, It's very common to talk about Perry and Cam and those five-star guys, and they are going to be absolutely huge towards Auburn's success. And they're dogs. Like, they're they're big dudes. Um, They're fast. There was actually this video of them racing the other day in the Auburn Indoor facility, and it looked like it was a tie, but Perry claims he won, and then Cam claims he won. But um, anyway, it was just very exciting uh, to see that. I'm able to get uh, both of them, but we actually do have two more other receiver commits: Perry and, uh, sorry, not Perry, um, Cam, uh, sorry, not Cam, <laughs> Bryce Kane and Malcolm Simmons. And those dudes are like freak athletes. You know, Bryce Kane runs a four-three. He's like a really good slot dude, really smooth in his routes. Malcolm is just—I think he runs like a four-three, four-four, something like that—and he can jump out of his mind and so you know this this group of receivers that we have is already like insane and i i think personally i don't i don't really know yet but i think we'll pick up another five star receiver for this class um Ryan Williams i mean he oh he's, whoa yeah, he's shown he's shown to have a lot of interest in auburn and he's an alabama commit right now and i hope we'll flip him um you know what whether we do or not, I, I don't really know, you know, Alabama always seems to kind of clutch these guys in, but um, we'll see. I mean, I think, I think we can. Um, I think there's a, there's a shot of us getting Ryan Williams as well. Woo! So having, having they're, they're calling it the freeze five, those five receivers. And so that would be a historic group for sure.
0: Walker, we talk a lot about how the quarterback can kind of help shape a class you know if you get yourself a top quarterback that can be attractive to some other guys especially you know the 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 freeze five there what did you have some role in kind of you know talking to these guys prodding them a little bit say come join me at auburn or or what, what was your role in kind of building some of this class there
5: yeah so my role as a recruit is just to build those relationships i committed pretty early february um and those guys committed shortly after and my my role is just to uh if i'm like if we're ever like on the planes at the same time just to talk with them and be around them just show them who i am um i think it was very important that they got to see uh you know like my talents through like highlight clips or camps or whatever that may be um but my job is just to create relationships and let them see who who they'll be working with and who their quarterback will be and um that's just the biggest important or most important part for me is just to build those relationships because I can and the 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 coaching staff for Auburn already gives such a great pitch you know I mean they they are so authentic and they are so real and anyone who goes and visits Auburn um would fall in love with the coaches and that's just uh something that I experienced firsthand and so they already do a great job recruiting um, and they have a great staff, uh, guys like Kennedy Harvey or Trovon Reed. I mean, those guys that just do great job um, being those people that um, just draw you in into Auburn. And so my role is just to create those that relationship because and show them who their future teammate could be. Um, and so that was just kind of my role, just kind of creating that friendship between those guys and uh, let them see – who uh who they would be working with if they came so that was that's that's that was kind of my job from february until really today love that
0: pick that is it is it like a, side? a roommate? do, you, do, you, do you, oh. you get to pick out a roommate have you picked one out yet do you guys get roommates is there is there yeah, someone you're angling for
5: yeah i'm rooming with, with my buddy bryce kane he's a receiver okay. the guy that cool. runs a four yeah. three um mm-hmm. so yeah i'm gonna be rooming with him um and because he's a mid-year, so he's coming. He's coming in January as well. So,
0: awesome, awesome, cool. We like the roommate narrative around here. So, uh. <laughs>
5: oh
4: yeah, that'll be great. Hey, um, can you share with us a little bit? You know, because this is ultimately we do. We do like the fantasy football angle, so we are going to be, you know, rooting for you anyway. But what well, we definitely need some production for our fantasy teams as well. Um, can you? You know, I I project. I predict. Obviously, you know a lot more than me. I, I mean, are they talk about packages for you already, uh, you know, kind of first season? I mean, I've been saying for all year that I could see you getting a little bit of like the Tebow treatment uh, year one, you know, coming in for goal line with your rushing in your size. Has that been discussed already? Or, you know, can you share anything there? I mean, if you want to keep it close to the vest, that's fine, too.
5: Yeah, honestly, there hasn't been much discussion there. I mean, I'm going to have to go in and prove myself either way. Um Peyton Thorne a lot of people dis- discredit his running ability I mean that dude can fly and so <laughs> a lot of people you know when they put Robbie Ashford um, to go run I mean Robbie can run like a 4-3 or something like that which is crazy but Peyton can fly too and so I think a lot of people sleep on his uh, running ability but um, honestly no we haven't really talked much uh, packages I mean there may be something like that but Um, I'm just really excited to go in and uh, learn under those uh, veteran guys and just be coached by veteran teaching. Um, And if they find something for me to do on the field, then I'm going to try to do it as hard as I can. That's great, man. Good attitude. Um, So –
4: I mean, I'm a little blown away about this Ryan Williams news. This is absolute breaking news on the C2C. I haven't even heard of this on message boards or anything. Oh, really? So, I hadn't. I hadn't. But I, maybe my ear isn't as close to the ground uh, as some other folks. But that would be something. I mean, that would be incredible. Yeah.
5: yeah he, he's, been, he's been really active in, like, visiting Auburn. He was at the Auburn USC basketball game the other day, and along with the other uh, four – for four other receivers, um, and the student section was chanting like, "We want Ryan!" And so it's there's there's a lot of there's a lot of people pulling to trying to uh, clutch up that 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 get, which would be huge. But um, you know, we'll we'll for sure have to we'll just see, we'll just see what happens.
4: Absolutely, and I know that Auburn's sniffing around a, a Florida commit, LJ McRae, out of. Daytona Beach, who's a just an awesome pass rusher, defensive lineman, who's
5: decided he's not signing today, which means he's probably not going to stay with Florida. So either uh, that, or he just does not know yet. But uh, I hope, I hope that that means he's going to make the flip. Sorry. Alfred. I mean, th-
4: th- Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, it's okay, man. Uh, I already told you before. It's like, I may just have to just like become an Auburn guy for the next few years, a root for your class. That's this whole awesome. class is awesome. I mean, you've done yeah. an incredible job. We talked about this early on when you came on the show, just kind of going through your recruitment period. Um, you knew your role um, as a recruiter. Uh, once you signed, you always plan to sign, uh, you know, kind of commit early and stick with it. And I mean, congratulations to you, this whole class, Hugh Freeze, Auburn's looking like this is a big statement day for Auburn, I think. And it sounds like it could get
5: even like a louder statement. Yeah, no, it's a huge day and there's still some more guys that need to sign. So I'm just kind of going to be tuning in all day for that. So it's going to be exciting.
0: Awesome. Well, thanks for joining us, Walker, giving us a few minutes here today. Uh, go celebrate with your family. Go have, uh, enjoy the day. And we're looking forward to uh, to hearing what you're doing over the next few years down there at Auburn. Man.
5: Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Thank y'all for having me. This is awesome. All right, man. Have a great day. Yes, sir. See y'all. Bye. Woo!
0: Talk, talk okay. about kids getting it. Talk about kids getting it. There, there's one yeah. right there.
4: There's Absolutely. Mine. I mean, just... Absolute just – I mean, the the class is crazy, you know, for Walker. And I think he was one of the first ones to commit to Auburn and, like, look at what they've built. Really impressive stuff. And uh, you, you know Hugh Freeze can run an offense. We've seen that time and time again. So uh, pretty exciting stuff down on the plains. And we'll have to follow along. All right. We got a couple minutes here. Anything – you guys want to bring up anything you're looking forward to the second half of the day uh, C2C will be live again uh, in the evening time to kind of wrap up the rest of the news, anything you're expecting want to see obviously Ryan Williams now on flip watch.
0: Yeah. I don't think Williams has to sign or commit today because he doesn't graduate. Cause he re he um, uh, reclassified. Right. So I I think we probably won't get news on that today. If I had to guess, I don't know. Are there any, any guys that, I don't know I I actually also really like Malcolm Simmons so I'm 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 excited that he brought him up but I I don't have anything else it's actually been like a very non flippy day yeah. for like the the offensive side of things for the first time in a while we kind of had everything settled beforehand
4: Yeah it seems like I think I think there's there's always one or two things that cloud our narrative but I think for the most part recruiting has become pretty systematic and you know these guys aren't doing crazy stuff and they commit early and they stick with it um <clears throat> but yeah i mean that's another thing about walker right we brought up the five stars he's like yeah everyone wants to talk about them but don't forget these other guys like he's spreading the wealth he's you know pumping all his guys up like just seems like a great guy to, to be teammates with and uh obviously we're all excited Uh, Barnabas in here saying Seton on flip watch, he's an offensive lineman. He could obviously be very important for a team. Um, (laughs) Roman Hemby's fantasy value hangs in the balance. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, David, anything you're looking forward to before we wrap up here in the second half of the day?
3: I don't know if there's any like really hot names flip wise. Um, like you mentioned. So I don't know. I just, I, I, Just want to see all these guys get to where they want to go, and I don't know. Maybe we'll get some sort of surprise, but I really don't know. I haven't really seen any big names at this point. So, if if that Ryan Williams, yeah, he can't. I don't think he can sign. Yeah, until um, the official signing day. So, but if they somehow get him, that's
4: that might be the craziest wide receiver call. I like. That's just insane. I mean, that's an Ohio State level stuff you're talking like it would be two of the top three on the composite plus i know perry is a little bit lower perry thompson but he's still a top 10 guy yeah
0: Yeah. yeah, that's that's an alabama hall intended to to do that it'll be
4: better than the 2022 alabama hall or whatever it is it's now like no one's with the team anymore Yeah.
0: Shout out to shout out to Cornell Hatcher signing with uh, Oregon State. That's the only one I want to toss out who uh, is a guy that I'm next great Oregon State running back there.
4: There you go. All right. Yeah. We like Oregon State running backs for sure. I mean, they definitely have a history. Well, you know, that pretty much does it for this hour. We had Jeremiah Smith official to Ohio State. So kind of locking up any mystery there. We had Walker White on. Uh, just now at the, at the bottom of the hour, what is it top? I guess more of the top of the hour. I actually never know that phrasing, but Walker came on, gave us a little update. Uh, we're all looking forward to, to Auburn and what they're going to do. Ryan Williams very much on flip watch. Um, I think that kind of does it. We talked about the running backs. Um, you know, the three running backs that were all kind of like in a big triangle together with Ohio state and Miami. But Jordan Lyle, going to go to Miami, officially signed. And uh, James peoples officially signed with Ohio State. And then, um, uh, oh, now I'm Kevin Riley, I guess, is the third, who we're assuming Bama. So we'll be interested to see how that all shakes out. Cameron Davis for FSU. I don't think there's any concern there. I didn't see him officially signed yet, but he's been kind of our number one running back all year. Um, I don't think there's any concerns he'll go somewhere else. Um they're just looking at some of the top names at the different positions. I think that about does it for us. Um, good hour, good updates. We'll see if the second half has any any uh, any fireworks. All right, stay tuned to Campus to Canton. We'll be back. I believe it's Austin, seven to eight p.m.
0: sometime in the evening i'm not sure (laughs)
4: sometime in the evening you'll if you're a subscriber get put notifications on or whatever i think it's already scheduled on there i think it's already scheduled on there all right well it'll be in the evening hour after most of this stuff has died down and so there'll be a recap for you it won't be us three but it'll be matt powell from the official and uh i believe two more members of our team to to recap the days events for you but hope you enjoyed it everybody we'll see you later
2: Alright, what's going on everybody? It is Matt and Matt. We are going to handle the recap for early signing day. Not a lot has changed since earlier um, in the morning. We were kind of hoping maybe for some some bigger news to, to drop, but it did not. So Matt and I will be recapping a lot of the more recent stuff that's been happening Uh, Go back over some of the other stuff. We'll get Matt's opinions as as one of kind of the leaders on the recruiting team. Uh, Your thoughts on some of the players that they talked about this morning. Uh, And let's start, Matt, with D.J. Lagway. There were rumors later this afternoon, or I should say earlier this afternoon, that USC and Lincoln Riley were reaching out to D.J. Lagway. Thought maybe they were going to be able to flip him, but he is sticking with Florida. You know, there's some talks that, He could end up, depending on how this uh, freshman, you know, uh, all star bowl, all star games go, could end up being the number one quarterback in class over Dylan Rayola. What are your thoughts on him and him sticking with uh, Florida?
1: Uh, Yeah, I mean, I I can't really blame him. It's kind of where his heart has been throughout the entire process. Uh, You know, even with, uh, you know, how dicey the situation is there with uh, Billy Napier currently. Uh, I mean, he had a, a really amazing senior year, pretty much approved across the board statistically, and you know uh, uh, just watching him. He's definitely a really high upside guy. And uh, you know I wouldn't have hated it if he flipped to USC, obviously, especially with uh, Malachi Nelson transferring out. Uh, definitely leaves a good opportunity there. But you know he stuck with it. I, I still believe you know that upside that he brings. Uh, you know right up there, Grail, his physical profile is arguably the best in this class. Uh, at the moment, I still do have him at uh, quarterback, too, behind Rayola. But, I mean, it, it's really 1A, 1B at this point. And before the process ends, I I, I could have given uh, Lagway that number one spot.
2: I'll be interested to see what happens with Lagways here. You can see just a, a clip of him right here, some clips of him that, that you've actually put together here, Matt. I mean, he is going to be an exciting prospect to watch. I mean, Let's be honest, this is the kind of quarterback we have seen some success uh, with Billy Napier. Obviously, we would love for him to be more with like a, as you mentioned, Lincoln Riley, if he would have flipped to USC. And I know Alfred, uh, one of the other leaders on the recruiting team, is a Gators fan and it does not is not, I guess, 100% sold that he'll stick with Florida. It's going to be fun to watch him play. I actually need to go back and watch some more of him. He was not, I did not grade him that highly the first time around, but I know he's improved a lot. I believe it's like 58 touchdowns. Uh, as as a senior this year, one interception or something like that. Like uh, maybe it's a, a more a few more than that.
1: I got his stats right here. Uh He threw seventy two percent, four thousand six hundred four yards, fifty eight touchdowns, eight interceptions, ninety nine carries on the ground, nine hundred fifty seven yards, and sixteen
3: touchdowns all on the ground.
2: So. That is that, That's ridiculous. That that's a pretty impressive season. And in Texas as well, I believe he took them to the the best record that they've ever had. So. He is very impressive player. You know, again, talking about him, if you would have flipped to, to USC, maybe that would have made USC fans not as upset about losing Malachi Nelson, but he is sticking with Florida. Speaking of flips, uh, I know they talked a lot about it this morning, Matt. We've kind of talked a lot about it at the network leading up to this. I know we talked a little bit about it. You, uh, Alfred, David, and myself did a, a mock draft uh, for your guys' show, The Official. Again, check that out. You guys talk recruiting all year long. Talk a little bit about the Dylan Rayola possible flip at that time. And then it eventually happened. You just mentioned he is our number one quarterback in the class. He's everybody's number one quarterback outside of on three who has a back for what are your thoughts on Rayola? Does it hurt him at all for you with him going to Nebraska?
1: Yeah, it's kind of a mixed bag. I think it's kind of a lateral move at this point, to be honest. Uh, while, you know, Nebraska is far from a powerhouse on offense. Uh, I, he should, you know, be able to start there right through the door. I'd imagine, at least I'd hope so. Uh, considering this flip, whereas Georgia, we've had to wait a few years at least to see him. I, I don't think it really impacts, uh, you know, the NFL upside of him. Uh, you know, if he's good, then you know he's good. Like it, it's not going to matter the fact that he's playing Nebraska. It's still, you know, a prestigious five P5 program. Uh, so I, I really, in terms of you know future NFL value, which is really what we're looking at. Uh, for these top quarterbacks in the class, I I, I don't really think it changes anything.
2: Yeah, I'm with you. I think a a big thing for me is the fact that he's likely – I don't see how he's not the starter day one for Nebraska, and that's going to be a big deal. I mean, a lot of these guys that we've graded over the past couple years, we want to see them play. You know, you, you just talk about last year's class, so I'll just speak for me personally. I had Malachi Nelson, Arch Manning, and Dante Moore right now currently all graded higher. Than I have Dylan Rayola, and yet we're likely going to see more out of Dylan Rayola in one year than we're going to see of any of those guys. Dante Moore now heading to Oregon. Looks like he's sitting for a year. Uh, we obviously don't look like, doesn't look like we're going to get arched with Quinn Ewers possibly coming back. And then obviously Malachi Nelson entering the transfer quarter. Maybe he goes and starts, but we've seen the, the list of schools the other day in Tulane and Houston Uh, Not any of these schools really like inspiring confidence of where he might end up going from USC. So getting a chance to see him play early, I think, is going to be big. Said it on multiple shows now, and I'll say it here. I think at some point, may not, it may not be in 2024, but I think by 2025, 2026, there's a chance he's going to lead Nebraska to the playoffs. I think he's that talented, and I do believe in Matt Rule. I know some people don't necessarily believe in Marcus Satterfield, but I do think he runs a, a very good pro-style offense that could fit Rayola if they can get him some weapons. So I'm with you. I, I don't think the the move hurts him that much. I actually don't think there's... That much of a different, like I get, I'm not going to compare the teams. Georgia is a much better team, still land the number one recruiting class, even losing Dylan Rayola. But when you look at the way the offense is run at Georgia, I don't think there'd be that big of a difference in what he would do stats wise at Georgia compared to Nebraska. And like I said, starting day one, I think it's going to be a, be a massive, massive thing for him. I do want to get your thoughts on another quarterback real quick, and then we're going to talk about some of the the news uh, players that uh, had committed after our early uh, early show this morning. Again, if you're listening to this, this will be also on podcast. I, I really suggest you guys go check out the YouTube video because uh, we will be playing clips and everything. Walker White, uh, obviously fan of fan of the fan of us at, at Campus Canton, fan at least fan of you guys. at the official has been on with you guys a bunch. He actually joined Alfred and them this morning. Alfred, Austin, and David. Uh, what are your thoughts on him? I believe right now. Uh, and I'm trying to to pull it up. I believe we still have him as our quarterback four right now in the class. Yes, he, he's still currently our quarterback four going to Auburn. He dropped some pretty spicy news. I don't know if you caught that on this morning show. I did. I did. I mean, if that flip happens, and we can mention that after you talk about Walker White. What are your, what are your thoughts about Walker White?
1: Yeah, kind of in a similar boat with Lagway. I mean, he's one of the higher upside guys in this class. I mean. He's got the the NFL body and athleticism you're looking for. He's very agile for such a, you know, a big body quarterback at this stage. Uh, And, you know, he's got the arm on top of it, too. There there have definitely been some inconsistencies in his play, but, you know, he did take his team far into the playoffs, uh, to the championship game, actually. Uh, Unfortunately, he lost there. But uh, I definitely think he's shown some growth throughout stages, and I think, uh, you know, he'll hopefully get in tune more a bit as he gets to Auburn. Uh, I do think he has a decent opportunity to, you know, probably not start year one, but he could easily be a year two starter.
2: Yeah. I would not be surprised at all if he's starting by year two. I mean, he talked a little bit today about uh, what he thought about Peyton Thorne and how he respected what he was able to do last year. You know, Robbie Ashford, um, I think what, who's, who's there? Holden, Holden Grenier still there. Who, who we, I don't want to say liked, but we had some opinions on last year. I think Walker White's a little bit better than them. Definitely think he could start year two, and they've added two wide receivers. So I guess let's go ahead and talk about both those guys really quick, and, and we'll we'll hit Perry Thompson first since he's rated a little bit higher for us, and I believe in the services. Uh, you know, 6'3", 205 pounds. We got him. You guys have him tracked at twenty one point seven miles per hour. He's going to Auburn. What are your thoughts on on the big wide receiver
1: here? Yeah, he, he's definitely an interesting one. I kind of bounce back and forth on him a bit. And uh, I mean, him and Cam Comer, I have virtually graded the same at this stage because I, I I think they both have similar profiles, but in different ways. Uh, Perry is like a very flexible guy for his size, very big, very fast, obviously, as well. Uh, and he really dominates after the catch. I think that's his real shining point. But he's also, you know, pretty well rounded on top of it, too. I wouldn't say he's raw. He's. You're kind of in that middle range there. Decent ball skills, uh, but then you know the athleticism, the size. I think he has a massive wingspan on top of it. Uh, so I mean, physically, it's everything you're looking for. Uh, you know, definitely day one uh, draft pick. You know, physical upside for sure.
2: Yeah, he he looks like he's going to be a lot of um, a lot of fun to watch. And the other wide receiver that joined them, you mentioned Cam Coleman. You have graded fairly similar. I think I have Perry Thompson just a little bit ahead of Cam Coleman as well. Six three one ninety. We've got him tracked at twenty one point two miles per hour. What are your thoughts on him?
1: Yeah, he's a bit different. In that uh, he he's really just a very high and deep threat, contested guy uh, with very good athletic testing on top of it. You know, six three one ninety. I think I. He's probably close to like 195. He, he'll he'll be 200 pretty easily. Uh, and I think he's probably a bit more refined than uh, Perry as well. I, I think his senior year he definitely took a good step forward there uh, and, and ran a much more diverse round tree than he did uh, in his junior year when he was still teammates with Carmel English, who you know obviously had the seniority over him there. Uh, you know another guy day one upside. Hugh uh, Freeze has put up. You know, first-round wide receivers that have done well in the NFL. So, uh, yeah, I I think it's, like, a lot to get there. And, uh, and really, they're pulling an incredible class here.
2: And he was he was originally committed to Texas A&M before flipping to Auburn. Is that correct? correct? Yes. Okay, yeah. So, that's a, I mean, that's a big win for them. They, they talked about two other wide receivers they locked down. Uh, I mean, you just mentioned what Hugh Freeze has been able to do with wide receivers. He's had actually pretty good college success with quarterbacks as well. And I would say Walker White has the tools if he can consistently put them together to possibly be an NFL quarterback as well, besides a, obviously a really good college asset for us on the fantasy side of things. So, it, it's going to be a fun offense together. The the rumor that was talked about, so we'll just go ahead and talk about it again. At this point, if you're listening to this on the podcast, you will have already heard this this morning as Walker White joined Alfred, Austin, and David. He mentioned that they are trying to get Ryan Williams, who is, I don't believe he's actually submitted his intent letter yet, so he is not currently but he has been crystal balled and everything to go to Alabama. Now he reclassified to join this class and has jumped up into our tier one. I know I've seen you and Austin talk about him a ton in our recruiting channel. I'll be honest. I've not had a chance to watch a ton of them. So give us a breakdown on Ryan Williams and how massive of a flip this would be if they're able to get him to
1: go from Alabama to Auburn. Uh, Yeah. I mean, he he is truly lightning. I mean, he's an incredible athletic profile. I believe uh, 10, 400 meter around that range. Uh, he should, you know, once the time comes for the combine, he'll be, you know, I assume, a four threes guy. And uh, you can see him going to turn on tape. I mean, not even just the straight line speed, but he's extremely explosive. Uh, he cuts extremely well, very quick in and out of his breaks. Uh, and, and just extremely deadly with the ball in his hands, I think. Uh, I, I do think, you know, his ball skills might not be uh, quite as high up there as i would like uh maybe it won't matter we'll see but um you know especially a player at this young age producing at the level that he did uh I, he's just an extremely impressive prospect my wide receiver wide, uh, my wide receiver three in the class currently and uh I, i'm feeling pretty good about him and, uh, the flip to auburn would be surprising but i think it would be really uh meaningful in showing Hugh freezes recruiting chops there i mean stealing all these big name of wide receiver groups. Right,
2: right. So again, if you're watching on YouTube, you're getting to see some highlights here that, that Matt put together of Ryan Williams. And I mean, just watching this, he looks like he's extremely an extremely fun player to watch. If he were to flip to Auburn, we just mentioned Perry Thompson, Cam Coleman, both also very highly rated wide receiver prospects. Would, would Williams be the guy that you'd bet on him? Mean, I know you said you've got him rated as your third best, so I would assume that means you've got him higher than those two. We haven't exactly discussed what your rankings are. Probably people can put it together who the, the, the top two are. I mean, what what who do you think that would hurt more? What would you expect if he does end up going to Auburn? And then we'll talk about what it means if he stays at Alabama. As, as Shane um, in the chat mentions that 24-7 Sports is reporting, he will not sign until February, which makes sense with him reclassifying everything.
1: Yeah, I mean, he would be my top receiver in that group. Uh, you know, I think all of them can kind of play different roles in that offense, which is nice. You know, three pretty compatible skill sets, I would say. Um, and then, you know, they also have two other pretty good wide receiver recruits that are coming in this class already, and uh, Bryce Kane and uh, Malcolm Simmons, who are both you know athletic freaks in their own right. They the both have very good senior seasons too. So I mean, really, th- this will be up there for wide receiver classes. Uh, of all time for, you know, a single team only in, you know, in one year. Uh, it would be really incredible.
2: Yeah, I mean, how, and I think, you know, if you're an Auburn fan, nothing would make you feel better, especially with the, you know, the game you probably should not have lost this year in the Iron Bowl to be able to steal a prospect like, like Ryan Williams from Alabama. If it does happen, as you know, we, we mentioned all, likely not happen until February due to him reclassifying. Speaking of, wide receivers. You know, Ohio State, it looked like, was going to have a pretty good wide receiver class. We saw uh, McClellan flip to – it's McClellan, right? Flip to to Oregon. Yeah. Let's talk about that really quick, and then we have to discuss the the current news going on with the top wide receiver in the class and, and the number one player overall. But what were your thoughts on McClellan flipping to Oregon? That's not something I had even heard was possible. It's a great get for Oregon because they have a very shallow wide receiver room. Uh, but your thoughts on him and uh, the, the flip?
1: Uh, yeah, I, I'm definitely a big fan of McClellan. Uh, now that he has flipped, I'll probably bump him back up a bit because you know I was a little, little little bit worried about the Ohio State depth chart. Uh, I, I mean, he he is a dog. He's incredible after the catch, uh, decently refined, good and contested. Just a really good all-around player uh, that I think you know does have day two upside uh, you know for the league. Uh, I, and there's been flip the uh, rumors about him going on for you know probably four months or so now. It kind of quieted down the last month or two, or you know, he re he's uh firm in his commitment. It was originally looking, you know, either Missouri, his home state school, or Oregon, and uh, ultimately he does flip to Oregon here. Which you know, I, I, am, as you know, for him as a prospect, I'm happy with because uh, there's definitely more opportunity for him to get on the field uh, immediately there. Yeah,
2: I mean, you know, like I said, that's it, it's a wide open room with, with Tez Johnson, Troy Franklin leaving, you know, Jerry on Dickey. We liked last year, but year one zero, we've kind of seen the, with that with that stat that Austin and Chris have kind of refined that that really kind of affects at least wide receivers going um, into the NFL. So a m- little bit on McClellan because we we didn't have a graphic on him. We have a athlete score of him or an athleticism score of him of a point seven six three. Listed at 5'11", 195. we had him tracked at twenty point six miles per hour. Just a little note that he did have a broken bone in his foot in twenty twenty three. If you're looking to kind of get an idea of who he compares to, according to our prospect athletic comparison tool that you helped build, uh, Ronnie Bell is probably the big name guy on this list that he kind of compares to. So it wasn't a bad wide receiver for Michigan. Never really got any kind of uh, volume or anything, unfortunately. So uh, I think uh, we'll end up being a good player for Oregon. Should see, possibly see the field year one. So it's going to be a lot of fun to see what he does. Let's talk about jeremiah smith i don't know if you guys had a chance to see it ryan day kind of fake fainted at the podium today when the reports were that jeremiah smith said that he was committing to ohio state now i will say that there isn't at this time at the time of this recording seem to be any real panic on the ohio state side of this but i'm going to kind of read what's been going on of late and this was this was a right around one o'clock this afternoon so the jeremiah smith has publicly said that he is sticking with ohio state but they are still waiting on his actual national letter of intent to come in which is why day did not want to talk about him in his press conference today there's still a little bit of stress until that actually comes in and it is official so we are expecting him to go to ohio state uh, number one wide receiver in the class for, I believe, everybody. Uh, I believe 24-7 Sports has him as the number one player in the class. That is the first time that a wide receiver has ever been the number one player in the class. Do you know who the other four
1: wide receivers were that were
2: even just top four? I'm sorry, top five overall in a class.
1: Uh, yeah, I believe I saw the same graphic you did. Uh, Green Beckham, Robert Woods. And actually, I don't recall the last one. It was Julian
2: Fleming, which I, I okay. forgot that Julian Fleming was, was so high. Yes. So it was in 2012, Doriel Green Beckham was the number two player in the class going to Missouri. Robert Woods, as you just mentioned, in 2010, the second, uh, also the second player in the class going to USC. And then Julian Fleming, the fourth player overall in 2020, who ended up going to Ohio State. So, I mean, this is a massive get. You can understand why Ryan Day was a little bit nervous and, and did the fake fainting at the podium you are also an Ohio state fan like myself. And I, I don't think there's any real reason to be worried. I think you have to be a little skeptical that he hasn't submitted it at, at the time of we're recording. It's seven twenty Eastern. He is still yet to, re, to, to put that in. I think if you're Ohio state, you have to be a little bit stressed out. No.
1: Yeah. I mean, maybe, maybe he's getting, you know, some late calls with some better offers here. Now that the, some other players have moved on from, you know, more, uh, more schools are in on him. So uh, I will see. I'm still pretty confident that he signs. I mean, after he signed, he said, you know, he's coming to Iowa state because he wants to be a first round pick. Uh, He explained the history of the school, especially the last few years of the uh, first round picks coming out of here. Uh, If that's what he wants to do, I don't think there's a better spot for him.
2: Yeah. I mean, I, I agree with you on that. I think he's, he's right there with, for me, Uh, with Micah Hudson, who we will talk about. I always feel like I'm saying his name wrong, Uh, but we will talk about him as well going to Texas Tech. I think that was a little bit underreported, obviously, with everything that's been going on with Jeremiah Smith. But, yeah, I mean, the, the two schools that are in on him would be Florida State and Miami. There was a lot of reports that Miami was pushing pretty hard to kind of get him to come and throwing a lot of money at him, and he openly came out and said, like, that's not what him and his family are about. Like, they want to go to the best school for him to develop for the future. It's not about getting that NIL money. And I, I'm with you. Like, I'm not extremely worried about it, but, like, I feel like there's at least a little bit of, like, okay. Well, I mean, now it's been, like, six hours, though, since you said you were going to commit, and you still haven't put that letter in. But who knows? Maybe their fax machine's not working. Who knows? As of right now, there's not too much panic, it seems, on the Ohio State side. We're not panicked about it if he goes there and i'd be curious uh, i think austin threw this out to david earlier so i'll ask you with the first part and then i'll follow up with another question jeremiah smith let's say that he does confirm his commitment sends in the letter and sticks with ohio state that that room's fairly wide open right now i mean right now the only confirmed player back that had any kind of impact last year was carnell tate i mean brandon Innis, we'll see if he's able to do anything in the bowl game unfortunately didn't really ever get on the field we know they're bringing in mylon graham as well who we'll talk about in just a second over or under 40 catches for jeremiah smith is a true freshman at ohio state right now
1: yeah i, I would probably say under even okay. if Luca doesn't come back uh, i mean ohio state just doesn't feed freshmen i mean they never really have that's just now not what they do i mean you know, it's a bit different. They haven't had, well, they have had in Julian Fleming, which didn't pan out. But, you know, you, you don't get wide receivers of this caliber often. Uh, so, you know, maybe he will uh, get the priority of getting him on the field early, uh, just, you know, especially to secure and make sure he doesn't transfer out. Uh, but, yeah, at the moment, I'll probably say under 40.
2: All right. Interesting. Because So, David went over when asked that question. Then I asked. What if Emeka Ibuka comes back? Because I do think there's a chance that he's leaning more toward coming back after dealing with all the injuries and everything. And I think that would affect Jeremiah Smith a little bit. I still think there's a shot he gets on the field, kind of like Carnell Tate did. I mean, we saw a decent amount of Carnell Tate. Obviously, they don't have Marvin Harrison Jr. There's no way Marvin Harrison Jr. is coming back. I don't don't care what the reports say. He's not coming back, folks. Y'all should just accept that now. So I, I think that there's a chance he could have like that that uh, Carnell Tate type role. So it wouldn't change much for you, even if uh, if Mecca comes back, you still obviously think he's going under.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think you know there's a possibility he gets close to that, but yeah, you know, that, that's a good that's a lot of catches, and you know, that'd be really impressive if he did.
2: Yeah, I was trying to pull up um, Carnell Tate's stats here, and of course now it's it's not working, uh, just to see how many catches he actually got him. Mean, I know he broke all of our, not all of our, he broke our year one uh, zero threshold pretty early. He had 17 catches, that's it. I mean, he, he was out there a decent amount. So, I mean, 40 catches is a decent amount. Going to be a really good wide receiver. I'm excited to see him hopefully be wearing the scarlet and gray and not the Miami's green and orange, I guess is what we would call it. Uh, the other wide receiver who I think has been, a, again, a lot overlooked in this uh, Ohio State class in Mylon Graham, who I really like. I know you were really early on him talking about how much you liked him. Give everybody a breakdown of kind of the forgotten man in this class who's actually a really good receiver himself.
1: Yeah, I mean, he, he's out of Indiana, so, uh, you know, playing a pretty small school. So I don't think uh, naturally the media will uh, clamor onto to him as, as easily. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, he's one of the most refined wide receivers in his class. I mean, he's definitely a technician uh, through and through. Uh, he really honestly reminds me of kind of like a Devonta Smith, except you know, he's already put on a good bit more weight. Uh, you know, definitely very explosive, good with the ball in his hands. Uh, I think there's a ton to like about him. Uh, you know, if and if we weren't getting Jeremiah Smith, he would definitely be, uh, you know, a much bigger name at this stage. How
2: worried are you about him possibly being a year one zero? I mean, I know I kind of mentioned my thoughts on it when we did the mock draft show, but uh, I know you didn't get a really chance to talk about him. Are, are you worried at all about him being a year one zero? Uh,
1: I don't think so. I, I, I think I like him a good bit more than like Ennis, who, you know, unless it just does something in the bowl game is likely going to be a year one, zero. Uh, Yeah. I I just think he's a lot more well-rounded, a lot more ways you can get him on the field and, uh, you know, get involved, I think, especially with the room opening up more next year too.
2: Yeah. I mean, and and that's what I would say too. I know when a lot of people look at this, if you know the year one, zero theory, and if you don't, Campus to Canton, go right, check out the article done by Austin, Chris Moxley. It's a great article. They do a great job of explaining it, much better than I will do here, so, and I don't want to butcher that expl- explanation. Mylon Graham is also a very good returner, and there's multiple categories for you to come back on, on that. I don't think, even if Mecca comes back, I, I think it's not unfair to say Mylon Graham is going to be more explosive than Mecca in that area. That's a, the best way for him, I think, to break the year 1-0 right there. So I think he's going to break it regardless, even if he doesn't see a lot of playing time. I do want to talk about your guy, Aaron Butler, here in a minute, but let's let's jump on some of the news that did happen, again, after our early morning show with Alfred Austin and David. Uh, Aaron Hampton flips from Texas to Alabama and is going to be playing wide receiver. Kevin Riley flips from Miami to Alabama. Anthony Carey flips uh, – I'm sorry, signs with Georgia Tech, who we have some, uh, some clips here on him, so I'll let you talk a little bit about Anthony Carey, who is signing with Georgia Tech.
1: Yeah, he actually had a, a better season senior season than he did junior year. Yeah, he, uh, he increases efficiency a good bit. Uh, you know, he's a really well-rounded guy. Uh, you know, good good inside runner, can run the outside, pretty bursty. Uh, you know, not awesome receiver production, but you know, good enough to be serviceable in that area. Uh, and uh he, you know, he's pretty good breaking tackles and uh shaking people out of it too. I, I don't think he's amazing in any one area, but He's just a really well-rounded back. I think uh you know, he could be a future impact player there for Georgia Tech. Uh, you know, we were supposed to see uh Evan Dickens breakout this year, which didn't really happen. Uh, you know, that new coaching staff there. So uh, I like him. I'm probably my grade's probably a bit low on him right now. He's the composite RV 21 in the class currently. I'm you know, probably a bit lower than that. Uh and you know, I might give him a, a slight boost now with the solid landing spot.
2: All right. We like that. Um, let's go back really quick to Kevin Riley's. I just mentioned he did flip from Miami to Alabama. We have some clips of him real quick. If, uh, you you have any thoughts on Riley?
1: Yeah, uh, the services, this is one services are much higher on that uh, I will not be changing. Uh, I think he's a good back. He's uh, a very consistent solid back. In eight games this year, he uh, had 124 carries for 769 yards and seven touchdowns, only 6.2 yards per carry, which is, something I don't like uh, under seven yards per carry high school is a pretty big red flag for me. Only eight catches, 43 yards, one touchdown. Uh, and he's just a very consistent runner. Good, in, good inside runner. Uh, good vision moves well, laterally uh, athletic testing leaves a bit to be desired. I don't really think he's much of a tackle breaker or border. Uh And, you know, especially going to Alabama. I mean, he's the only running back they have in the class currently, but I feel like this is kind of a, desperation pickup for them at this point uh yeah I, I he kind of reminds me of isaiah spiller but the, that would probably be his ceiling Uh yeah.
2: okay that's that's you know fair in our athletic database probably the best player l- listed in there is dontavius braswell who's been you know okay uh in college uh i mean again i think it's a it's a I don't know, want to say a big get for, for Alabama. It makes sense with him flipping from Miami after they just got Jordan Lyles earlier in the week, who who we definitely have rated higher. So probably just to him trying to go somewhere, you know, Alabama, it sounds great, probably going to be recruited over by next year. So, so, you know, a guy, maybe you want to watch, maybe he ends up transferring out somewhere and does something, uh, but, but we'll see not a guy that we are super high on I, the big one, I guess that, that at least was causing a little bit of waves on, on Twitter that I, I do want to get your, your thoughts on Isaiah Williams flips from Florida to Texas A&M. I mean, unfortunately Florida was like bleeding recruits today. Uh, that's why there was a lot of fear about DJ Lagway po- possibly flipping to USC. What are your thoughts on Williams? And, and does it, you know, is it a good thing for him going to Texas A&M? Who's also been kind of losing players, at least to the portal since Jimbo got fired.
1: Oh uh, yeah. the turns are just him. I think it's probably a good move. I mean, might as well roll the dice and see how that offense turns out there. Since we already, Know what's happening at Florida. Uh, you know, another guy I'm not super high on really, uh, he's wide receiver two on his own team this year, uh, behind Bradell Richardson, who's a UCF commit. Uh, and he averaged like 35 yards more per game uh than Williams did. But you know, Williams is kind of uh like a deep Z guy. Uh he, he kind of just runs a lot of goes and posts and uh just you know runs right by those high school corners. Uh a 4'4", or 40 guy, you know, I think a 4-4 or 6. Report at the moment. So he's got the speed, and uh, you can definitely see that on tape. Uh, I just hope he uh, develops his other skills a bit more. Uh, A&M. Yeah, I mean,
2: I, what I will say is his, uh, we've got him listed again, 5'11, 175. I mean, he's got some pretty interesting comps, though, in our athletic player uh, comparison tool. I mean, Charlie Jones is is up there. At He's had a very good college one college career, but the big name being Jordan Addison, who, I mean, obviously Blitnikoff winner, but also has Jaden Reed, Jalen Cropper, who was also a very fun college player. So, you know, if if Texas A&M can use him the right way, could at least, you know, be a very good college player. Speaking of fun, wide receivers, your boy, Aaron Butler, I know you've been very high on him. He just recently this week decommitted from Colorado. It sounds like Texas is now in the running for him, which would be intriguing. I mean, we'll see. They they obviously just brought in Matthew Golden from the transfer portal. We've got Jontae Cook. Uh, DeAndre Moore, who's going to end up at year one zero. But I really liked of last year's class. Uh, just your thoughts on Aaron Butler and where you'd like to see him go. I mean, there's a couple other teams that have been reportedly in the mix for him.
1: Uh, yeah, at this point, I would expect him to either end up in Washington or uh, Arizona. He just took a visit to Arizona uh, last weekend, I believe, and uh, I believe that visit went well. They've been doing pretty good in recruiting as well the last couple of weeks. So, uh, I mean, I think, I think those two would be much better uh, CFS spots, at least, than uh, Texas at this point, as that room is starting to get pretty uh, crowded with guys, uh, even in his own class. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, Aaron Butler, I, I if you've watched the official, I've talked about him you know, a ton at this point, but he's just an extremely explosive player, uh, one of the more creative players with the ball in his hands in his class. I mean, he's out there doing back jukes on people, spin moves. Uh, he just it, – it's like a video game type stuff. Uh, so, I, uh, And he had a really oh. big senior year up until the point where he uh, decided to sit out the rest of the season as his team had been – uh, pretty much eliminated from playoff contention. So he is uh, ready to go for wherever he signs with.
2: Yeah, again, if you guys aren't watching this on YouTube, he just had a a nice little just stop and go, just faking half the defense out on that deep play right there. So that's uh, – he, he looks like an exciting player to watch. I mean, obviously, I think Arizona or Washington, I agree with you, it would be so much fun for CFF. I mean – People would probably lean Washington because of their love of Kalen DeBoer, but I think that all, that Arizona offense has been kind of underrated, especially what they were able to do with Tett McMillan the past couple of years. I don't, I don't know if they have a wide receiver in their room right now. That oh, that was such a beautiful play. Uh, that Aaron, Butler, like I think Aaron Butler could step on the field year one. I still think obviously Texas would be a fun spot for him him to go to, but. I think there would be a much bigger factor of him possibly ending up a year one zero, especially if Evan Stewart goes there. That's kind of my favorite to land Evan Stewart. There's been no rumors of that right now. But if Evan Stewart landed there, Evan Stewart, John T. Cook, Matthew Golden, like I think it would be hard for Aaron Butler to see a ton of time. Washington, wide open room. Arizona, kind of wide open room outside of Tet. So that would be a really great spot for him to go to. And yeah, as you mentioned, they just visited Arizona. I know the reports were that he really kind of liked it, and they did a great job. Let's talk uh, one more wide receiver here before we pivot to to some of the running backs. Is it, is it Micah Hudson or Mika Hudson? I can't. Uh, I've heard it both uh, ways, and so I, I don't know. Mika
1: Hudson. Okay, I, mean, I could be wrong. I could
2: be wrong. So Mika Hudson, who's a guy. I mean, you've been talking about for like two years straight. Uh, we we had a Friday night chat that we did a lot of stuff with last year. Uh, that I mean, we were grabbing clips of him as a junior, posting them all over the place. He's going to Texas Tech. I mean, it's a wide open room. He's likely going to go in there and be an absolute stud for them next year. Bad part, obviously, being, you know, we don't know who the quarterback's going to be or how that's going to work out for them. But regardless, he should be good. Why should people be excited to draft Mika Hudson as either the number one or number two wide receiver off the board in their freshman supplemental drafts here in just a couple months?
1: Uh, yeah, I think since I've been doing this, looking at recruits, he's just the most well-rounded, uh, wide receiver, I've seen really. Uh, he has by far the highest grade for me. I, 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 at this point, I've picked apart his game so much, and I, I can't really find a flaw. I mean, he's a spectacular after the catch. Amazing ball skills. Extremely refined at this stage. Uh, and you know, he he's going to go on the field and play year one and you know for Texas Tech. Uh, you know, and some people might not like that for his Devy upside. I mean, Michael Crabtree was still a first round pick going there back in the day. Uh, if he's good, he's good. I don't think it'll matter. Uh, you know, just an amazingly talented player that you know he just happened to be in the same class as Jeremiah Smith. So uh, he definitely yeah. got a bit overshadowed.
2: Yeah, I mean, it, for you, do you have Jeremiah Smith number one or, or is it Mika?
1: Is no, Mika- I, I have Mika one. I, I okay. think the real standout difference between them is I think Mika is significantly better after the catch than Smith. Okay, you know, Smith does so, I mean, his own things; he's better at, but I, that really stands out to me.
2: I don't. I don't think there's a loser one way or the other. I mean, if you're sitting there with the 102, you know, we we we. As I mentioned, we did an official mock draft last week. You can find it on the YouTube channel or go and look uh, for it on the podcast feed. Camps to Canton. I believe those were the top two players off the board. I, there's not a quarterback there that we love this year to take toward the top. Not with the running backs either. We'll discuss a couple of those guys here in a minute before we get out of here. But it seems to be those two. So if you got one or two in your freshman supplemental drafts, you'll be happy with either one of them, Matt right now. go oh, go ahead. Do you have anything? You want I was, to add?
1: Yeah. I was just saying, yeah, I'm going one, two with them. Okay. In every yeah. Draft if I have that opportunity. Uh,
2: so right now we have Quentin Martin, the running back going to Penn state as our number one running back. Uh, we did. I ended up taking him in the first round uh, of our mock uh, this past weekend. Any thoughts on Martin before we talk about Taylor Tatum, who officially signed to OU
1: earlier today? Yeah, so I actually had a a bit of a pivot. I I did move Quentin Martin up to my RB1 in the class uh, a couple weeks ago. Um, I I think he's probably just the most dynamic runner in this class. I mean, nobody really moves like him. he just got so much shake, especially for uh, such a tall running back. I mean, these guys can't even put a hand on him. Uh, and I think he showed a lot more physicality in his senior year, which was something I was looking to see. Uh, you know, he's the best receiver in this class uh, at running back, obviously. But, I mean, he could just straight up – honestly he could just be a better wide receiver than he's a running back. I mean, he's just extremely good in that area too, not to knock his running back game. But uh, he, he's a very, very good receiver. can just solely play out wide, out in the slot, uh, line up wherever you want, really.
2: Yeah, he's, um, I was pulling up his, his athletic uh, comps and I mean, there's a lot of really good names in in here. I mean, Roman Hemby, Cole Cabana, who I was a big fan of last, uh, last draft, uh, freshman cycle i mean josh adams i know was really good at notre dame i thought was going to be really good going into the nfl ollie gordon tony pollard javante barnes so that's a pretty impressive list obviously we've seen what what penn state has been able to do with running backs maybe doesn't get a lot of run next year nicholas singleton and katron allen's final year at penn state or this year but then moving forward should be the guy should be a lot of fun to watch in that offense uh, i mentioned taylor tatum he officially signed there was a a little bit of nerves this morning. They weren't sure if he was going to get him. thought maybe DeMarco Murray and Oklahoma were going to lose another top running back uh, commit on signing day, but he does commit to the class. I mean, it looks like it's going to be really just him and Gavin Sawchuk in the backfield. Uh, do you like this signing for Oklahoma? Do you think it's a good landing spot for him?
1: Yeah, it's grown on me a bit. I mean, earlier in the year, I believe that room to be much more crowded than uh, I definitely see it now. I mean, just because, They've been pulling in two, three guys a class of, you know, moderately good rated guys. Uh, I think at this point, you know, most of them are not that desirable anymore. So I definitely think there's good opportunity for Tatum to uh, come in and play a role year one. And, uh, you know, he had a very good senior year. Uh, uh, I believe seven yards per carry is somewhere around there, which is what we want to see. Very good bulk production. And uh, a pretty good receiver, too, on top of it. So I think there's a lots like there, uh, you know, in terms of NFL upside, which, you know, it's hard for me to throw around day two upside for a running back anymore. Right. But, uh, you know, should definitely be a, a productive college player.
2: Yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, as a Gavin Sawchuk fan, I'm, you know, excited to see what he can do. But, but Tatum is up there for me. I think I have him as my RB three or four right now in my grade. So I'm, I'm, I'm really high on him. I like the landing spot for him as well. You know, we'll see what happens uh, with them moving forward. Uh, so not really any other. You know, I do want to touch on actually, um, and I'm probably going to say his name wrong. Is it is it Quan Lacy? Quan. Uh, Kiwan Lacy, who just recently committed to Missouri earlier this week, I did a video on him. And I know a lot of people are excited about them getting uh, the transfer. Know, the um, His name is escaping me now at the moment. Uh, they just brought in a, a G5 transfer in at running back. I think he has a chance to possibly steal some carries. I mean, the, the, we don't see a lot of success of G5 running backs coming up to the P5 and succeeding. I think that room is wide open. What are your thoughts on Lacy? and do you think he has a chance to kind of make a name for himself year one at uh, Missouri?
1: Yeah, I, I think he can definitely get some time there year one. Maybe not you know, a full starter role, but, I, I mean, his future outlook looks amazing there. Uh, what they were able to do with uh, – Cody Schrager there this year was extremely good, uh, and if that, that lies in his future, I mean that's definitely a, a guy you want to have in your team. He's a very good athlete, uh, definitely we have a dog running back. You know he doesn't shy away from contact, uh, a pretty good receiver on top of it. Uh, last year he transferred, you know, for his junior season to a new school, kind of had to share the workload there. This year he kind of really shined and you know became the lead guy there. Had great bull production. So, uh, you know, he's definitely on the right path to being uh, someone that can produce in college and uh, definitely has the athletic upside to potentially be a day two draft pick.
2: Yeah. And it was, it was Marcus Carroll from Georgia state who transferred up again from G5 to P5. And we, we, you know, We've seen some of those guys be able to make that work, but has not always been extremely successful. Successful, So I'll be curious to see how um, how he pans out. When I did the video one, Lacey had talked about how in our athletic comps database, you talked about him as a receiver. He comps very well to Sony Michelle, who for those people who don't know, was actually a really good receiver at Georgia. They didn't seem to, Patriots didn't seem to use him that way in the NFL. But in college, he was actually a pretty good wide receiver uh, or receiving back. I do want to mention really quick, as you had sent me a note, and we, we have some video on him, so I'll play that. If you just have any thoughts on um, Keandre, Keandre Henry, who's going to uh, Memphis, and then I want to ask you about a couple quarterbacks, and we're going to get out of here.
1: Yeah, he's, a, he's an interesting one. He's wide receiver, 48 in the composite, so pretty highly rated guy going to Memphis. Uh, he originally committed to Boston College uh, after his junior season, I believe. Then he actually ended up getting a scholarship pulled because he took a visit to Purdue without laying the staff now. So then he just ended up uh, committing to Purdue decommitted a few months ago. And uh, now he's here at Memphis. So a bit of a rocky road there. Uh, He's a bit raw as a receiver, but he's definitely got a decent athletic upside, a good contested guy moves pretty well. And uh, you could potentially be a decent CFF target there going to Memphis. I mean, he'll, Probably be the highest-rated guy in that room, I would imagine. So, yeah, could uh, get on the field.
2: Yeah, I mean, he's, he's definitely going to be the highest-rated player in the room, and he's got some pretty interesting names here on his comparison to at least players that we liked throughout the process, and in, in Wesley Grimes and then Joshua Manning last year, who ended up going to Missouri. So, some interesting names on the list there. I've got to talk really quick about my guy, Luke Romanhoek. Uh, who you? I know have said. And I still have yet have yet to go back and watch it, but fairly good um, velocity. I think he's a underrated playmaker at the quarterback position. I did not play the best competition, and definitely struggled in his senior year, as you have told me. So you can go ahead and just slap me in the face with the stats if you want here in a minute, if you've got them. Uh, but uh, your thoughts on Crominote? Because I think I will say that I think we all agree on one point. like he could end up being a very exciting quarterback or he could, unfortunately, completely bust. But I think him going to Florida State, there's nobody at least currently in that room that I think scares me off from from drafting him. He's not going to be a first round pick, probably not even a second round pick in in freshman supplemental drafts. But a guy that I would be willing to take, like possibly in the fourth round. I think I took him in the second round of our mock because I had to. It's my guy. Uh, But even if DJU or Cam Ward end up there for a year, that will only be a year play. And I think Hook has a chance to go in there and be the guy moving forward.
1: Yeah, so he didn't have an awful year. I I think at the point when we discussed that, uh, he was sitting below 60% completion. He ended up bouncing that up a good bit uh, after going through the the entirety of the playoffs. Uh, And, you know, he did get far in the playoffs. I believe he won the championship or he was in the championship Uh, He played, like, five playoff games, so he he was there for a while. Uh, And, yeah, I I think my biggest issue is just he's so new to the position that the mental side he's uh, behind on. I think he can get a bit flustered at times, and then, you know, he just kind of darts the ball around uh, inaccurately, to say the least. Uh, But, I mean, he's definitely a boomer bust pick. He has physically everything that teams are looking for in a quarterback. Uh, like you said, there isn't really that much competition in that room long term. Yeah. Uh, so I mean, it could happen. I just, you know, at this point, saying it, I, I don't think it will. Uh, I think I just think he's too late to the game. I
2: mean, yeah, that is fair. So for those of you who don't know, as Matt just mentioned, he's new to the position, and I want to say it was Holden Grenier who was the quarterback uh, before Great. him. And he was actually playing wide receiver because he's just that good of an athlete. They just wanted him out on the field. So he was kind of late to the quarterback position and learning the position. I mean, you can see that a little bit in his, in his game. But he's just a, an exciting runner of the ball. I think he's got all the arm talent. It's just really, as Matt said, kind of the mental part of the game. We've seen, unfortunately, you know, some of even the best prospects in, in the game with that mental side of it not really being there. It's really kind of hurt them. Speaking of the mental side of the game, that's been kind of considered Where Aaron Nolan thrives, he had a little bit of a down season. He is going to our, uh, the Ohio State Buckeyes, you know, looks like he's got a chance to be the guy in the future. Sounds like maybe Devin Brown. Don't look like they're going to get anybody from the transfer portal. Devin Brown's going to be the guy. It sounds like in 2024. Do you think Aaron Nolan has a shot to beat out like a Lincoln Keenholes and maybe take forward and be that guy for two years I, I think he fits what Ryan day wants as a quarterback. And just like that pocket guy who knows how to distribute the ball. Uh, but as you mentioned, and I know we've talked about, he had it, he had a, he had a down senior season thoughts on Aaron. Olin?
1: Yeah, I, I was pretty high on him going into the season. I mean, he had a spectacular junior year uh, going undefeated, winning the state championship and uh, just things did not go that way this year for him. I mean, He was down in pretty much every category uh, through a lot of picks and uh, situations where you need to be clutch, uh, which is you know especially the the hard part you know it's, not, it's one thing if you're just throwing picks but it's another thing if you're throwing picks when you're out there trying to uh, come back and win a game yeah uh, so that that's definitely not something we want to see especially from someone who is supposed to be sort of this safe prospect who's a, a good processor that can just kind of you know uh, point guard the ball around and uh, if he can't even do that consistently in high school then uh, that, that brings a lot more questions for me. So I, I'm not too heavy on him being the you know, future multi-year starter at Ohio State. Uh, at this point, I would probably lean towards Tavian St. Clair, who's coming in uh, in the following class next year. But who knows? I could be wrong.
2: It'll be interesting to to see. We know what Ryan Day and that staff can do with quarterbacks. I mean, you know, I, I wouldn't say he's any worse than a Kyle McCord. And, and it's, you know, say what you want. Kyle McCord had a fine season for for a quarterback in college football. Uh, last player I want to touch on before we jump out of here. One of my favorite quarterbacks in this class. I think he's electric. Extremely fun to watch. And that is one, Demon Williams, who was committed to Ole Miss. Ends up flipping to Arizona. I and mean, we just talked about, you know, your guy Aaron Butler possibly going there could be a really fun duo to watch in the future. Demond Williams and Aaron Butler. I mean, I, you know, I talked a lot about Noah Fafita a couple years ago. I liked, a, I like Braden Dorman a lot in last year's class. I thought he could be a big CFF guy because he was in this offense. But I mean, if I had to pick one of those two, it's Demond Williams all day and twice on Saturday. He is just a fun player to watch
1: yeah yeah i agree i mean he's extremely fun you know best player coming out of arizona this year for sure uh if he was you know three inches taller 10 pounds heavier he would be playing for you know a powerhouse program more than likely uh and yeah my, my only concern i mean he's definitely in line to be a cff big time producer i believe he's my like qb5 currently just for that Okay. Load. nice
2: uh,
1: I, I mean the, the only thing i worry about what was two, three more years of eligibility. Is that correct?
2: Uh, He should have two more years. Well, yeah. i it's co- COVID messes everything up. He's, he's well, got...
1: was, he, was, was he a 2020 recruit?
2: Yeah, he's, he's been there for two so years. he's got five. So, Maybe yeah. Once. Oh, man, jeez.
1: Yeah. yeah. So that, that's the only really thing that worries me. I doubt he's a guy that's uh, going to garner that much interest from the NFL. So yeah, unless yeah. they kind of push him out for demand, uh, that might worry you.
2: I mean, I would hope that they would. No, no, no offense to No Fafita, because I, you know, I talked a lot about him uh, after the spring reports and everything a couple years ago, because he was getting a lot of love, and and they did do that for Jade and Delora, who I don't think anybody would expect have expected. And like I said, I, I like I like Fafita. I think DeMond is a much better player. So he probably doesn't see any playing time this year, but maybe they're able to push him out. He'll he'll probably be a four-year guy as well. Uh, maybe he red shirts this year anyways, and they don't use him because they do have Braden Dorman there, assuming he doesn't transfer out. Uh, because, as you mentioned, the size, I think, is probably the biggest. Because he's listed, I believe we have him listed, it was is it 5'10", 180". I'm not even sure he's really 5'10 when you when you watch him play. So he's probably, unfortunately, doesn't have much of an NFL upside. But he's going to be – I'm telling you, when this kid does get on the field, he's going to be so much fun to watch for Arizona in the Big 12. I, I can't wait uh, to watch him. All right, Matt, I mean, we did it. We, we Early signing days here. Obviously, both of us will still be holding our breaths throughout the day. Hopefully, Jeremiah Smith gets his uh, letter of intent in overnight so all Ohio State fans can breathe. But it's been a fun process. You'll get to hear from Matt again. Uh, I know they'll be taking a break here soon from the official, but they've still got, I think, what was it, one more episode left before you guys take your your Christmas New Year's break.
1: Uh, I don't think so. I don't. Okay. I think we're, we aren't back until January. So they're not back
2: till January. I was wrong on that. But when they come back with January, make sure to tune in. I'm sure they'll start to pivot to next year's class. But we'll be wrapping up. We'll be working on our freshman supplemental guide that'll be dropping in March. So still a ton of great. Uh, freshman content coming for you guys for this, this 2020, well, God, what is it? 2024 class? I don't, I'm blanking here. (laughs) 2024
1: 2024
2: class. Uh, Stay tuned to everything Camps to Canton. Thank you guys so much for tuning in with us and we will talk to you guys again soon.